I was 16 years old. On the day that I turned 16, I went and got my driver's license. I was given a car. It was an awesome car. It was a 1989 white Ford Escort GT. I thought I was so cool. But it was a stick shift, and I didn't really know how to drive a stick shift very well. I'd been learning with my dad, and, and as you know, I'm still a terrible driver. So you can imagine how I was at 16. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to take this out on the road. I, I had a little bit of time between school and work, and so I decided to take it out for a spin. And I'm from a small town. I'm from Boyd, Texas. And in, in a small town, one of the things that you do when you're bored is you go drive the back roads, right? Are there any small town people who drove the back roads growing up? That's what we do. So I was out there, and the back roads are dirt roads. Yes, I come from a town small enough to have dirt roads. This is, this is a fact. You can ask Michelle. She's amazed by the fact how small my town is. But yeah, so I'm on the dirt roads, and I take a curve a little too fast, right? And so I start skidding out, and all of a sudden, I find myself in the ditch. And this particular ditch, it must have been October, like now, or something, where it was just pouring down rain, was just full of mud, and my car sunk in the mud like two or three feet. And there was no way, no way that I was going to get my car out of the mud. It was stuck. It was stuck. It was stuck in the mud. And so I had to sit there and I had to wait. I had to wait until someone, until someone came along that could pull me out of the mud. I think sometimes as we talk about this idea of stepping out in our faith, Right? Sometimes we're stuck in the mud. And we talk about we're called to love. We're, we're, we're here to help people fall in love with God, right? We want you to fall in love with God and then to love your neighbor because God loves you. And then we want you to learn what it means to follow Jesus. Exactly what Josh was saying. I mean, that was, that's exactly true. Jesus believes in you. Jesus did not believe in my driving. <laughs> nor should he. But Jesus believes in you. You know, we're the ones that fail. It's never, it's never Jesus. But sometimes we get along that path and we get stuck in the mud and we need someone to come and pull us out. We need someone to come and pull us out so that we can do what God has called us to do. So as we think about what it means to, to have faith, to trust in God and to step out in faith, Sometimes we need to hear God calling us again. We need that call of the Holy Spirit. We need someone to say, you are called. You are loved. You are called. And this is your purpose. Because we believe that each follower of Jesus is uniquely created for a purpose. So we're continuing our sermon series. And this is something that I think the movie Moana, everybody's seen the movie Moana, right? Or at least if you're a parent, I know you've watched it a half dozen times. I think it's something that the movie Moana can teach us. Because Moana is a person who knows that she is called for a purpose. Time wondering where I need to be is behind 
Now, if you're familiar with the movie, you know that as a child, Moana had kind of been called by the ocean to this purpose, to this task of going and finding Maui and restoring the heart of Tefiti. Yes, I've seen this movie way too many times. <laughs> but she's called, but she kind of gets stuck. You know, her family's telling her, you can't leave the island. You're just going to get hurt. She, she tries to leave at one point, and she just can't do it. And she gets stuck, and it's her grandmother who passes away, and then her spirit who helps her finally get past the reefs and on to her mission. But I think that the the truth is, is this is a really good parable for us today, is we get stuck. We know God. I mean, I preach about this almost every week. God has a call for our life, and for some reason, we kind of get stuck in a rut. You know, we come to worship. We're generally good people. We're generally nice to people, but we're stuck. We, we We can't get past the reefs. And we need someone to help us get unstuck. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is that God is calling us. And that God is going to say to us, do not be afraid, but do not be silent. And I am with you. You know, it's, it's, it's really difficult to, to respond when God calls us. I remember I was in high school, and I just felt like God wanted me to preach a sermon. And I did, and it was terrible. Um, because I was a teenager trying to preach a sermon. No, I'm sure it was fine. But after that, I think I knew God was calling me into ministry. And it was at the end of the service, you know, where they have altar call. If you've been in a church that had an altar call. And I just, I knew, I mean, here I am a Christian, right? And I knew God was telling me, maybe not in a specific way. I had no idea why God was telling me this. But God was telling me, go to the front. Rededicate your life to me. And there was a ton of people in this worship service, probably about this many. And, you know, it, that can be a, an intimidating thing. God is saying, go in front of all these people and admit that you're a Christian. Dedicate your life to Christ. And I'm sure they would have loved it. They would have supported me. But there was something in me. I was afraid. I would not do it. And I said, no. I'm, I'm, God, I'm not doing that. And so later that day, my parents and I got in a huge fight. I got food poisoning. I just had a terrible week. And so the next Sunday came along, I was like, okay, God. Now, I'm not telling you every time you get food poisoning and you have a terrible week that God is trying to tell you something. But in this particular case, God was trying to tell me something. And here's the funny part. The Sunday that I was supposed to go up was Palm Sunday. And that means that the Sunday that I did go up was Easter Sunday. So if I was scared to go up in front of like 200 people, imagine what it was like to have to stand up and rededicate my life in front of 330 people. We get stuck, but I promise you that God is calling you. God is calling you right now. I don't know what it is, but God is calling you to do something. And if you're stuck, I really want you to hear this scripture today and hear how God reaches out to Paul and tells him, do not be afraid, do not be silent, and I am with you. Our scripture comes from Acts chapter 18. Verses 1 through 11. This is what it says. Uh, if, I, I hope you brought your Bible, but if you didn't, uh, we'll have the, the words on the screen. We also have free Bibles for you to take. If you don't have a Bible, uh, they're out in our living room on the right, uh, on the little cabinet right there. Feel free to take one, and so you can read your Bible at home. Chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus. He had recently come to Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome. This is a little aside, but it's actually really interesting, so I'm going to tell you about it anyways. There's a situation that happens in Rome where all the Jews get 
kicked out. And it's talked about several times in Scripture. And we know that when Paul or other Christians would go, they would first preach to the synagogue, right? And the, some of the Jews would convert, but it would make other Jews upset because they're like, you're not following the Jewish traditions. You're following this other guy named Jesus, and, and that's not exactly what we're here for. And so often there would be these riots. We, we hear Scripture after Scripture where Paul just gets himself into trouble, gets thrown in jail or starts a riot, and he gets kicked out of town. Well, that was happening in Rome. And so what it talks about here, about Claudius kicking out all the Jews in Rome, is something that we can verify with history. There's a historian named Suetonius, and he talks about this riot that happened by these followers of Crestus. That's what he calls the person. Obviously, he didn't know exactly what it was. Crestus sounds a lot like Christ. These followers of Crestus were causing problems amongst the Jews, and so he kicks them all out. So that's a really cool way that you can kind of verify that this moment in Scripture actually happened. But Paul often caused this trouble. When Paul would go to a new town, people would get mad because they didn't appreciate what he was saying, and so he would be driven out of town. Goes on to say, Paul visited with them because they practiced the, the same trade. He stayed and worked with them. They all worked with leather. Every Sabbath, he interacted with people in the synagogue, trying to convince both Jews and Greeks. Once Silas arrived from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself fully to the word, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed and slandered him, he shook the dust from his clothes in protest and said to them, You are responsible for your own faiths. I am innocent. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. He left the synagogue, went next door to the home of, of Titius Justus, a Gentile God worshiper. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household came to believe in the Lord. Many Corinthians believed and were baptized after listening to Paul. And now the, the normal pattern would be some people would get mad at Paul and they would drive him out of town. But something different happens in Corinth. Listen to what it says. One night the Lord said to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid. Continue speaking. Do not be silent. I'm with you, and no one who attacks you will harm you, for I have many people in the city. And so he stayed there for 18 months, teaching God's word among them. So the, the, the general pattern that had happened, he goes and he's teaching in the synagogue. There's people who don't like him, don't like what he's teaching, and are, are about to start another riot, probably, like we've heard before. And then you can just imagine Paul, like, kind of packing up his stuff, getting ready to go, you know, checking to see what the cheapest flight is. And all of a sudden that night, he has a dream. He has a dream. And this is what God says to him. Do not be afraid. Keep speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you. Let's look at what, that, what he said. Do not be afraid. You know, this is said over 80 times in Scripture where Jesus or, or, or the Scripture itself or God, someone says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, this does not mean that you, once you get to some level of holiness, that all of a sudden you're going to stop being afraid, right? Fear is a natural emotion. We're not trying to create super Christians here who don't have emotions and always do the right thing. Really what, Jesus, or what God is saying to Paul when he says, do not be afraid, is do not let your fear rule you. You're going to be afraid. God is going to call you to difficult things. In fact, you can't be brave and courageous unless you're afraid, right? 
You're going to be afraid when God tells you to step out and talk to your neighbor. You're going to be afraid if God calls you to go on a mission trip to a foreign land. You're going to be afraid if God tells you to stand up for justice. You're going to be afraid. But do not let that fear rule your life. Rather, trust in God. Have faith that God is going to supply you with what you need. So when he says, do not be afraid, what he's saying is, you need to trust and you need to have faith. Maybe you're stuck because you've been afraid. You're afraid to share your faith with your friends. You feel really called to standing up for what is right, for righteousness and justice. But you're nervous that people will look at you differently. You really want to serve in some way, but you're afraid that you're not equipped. Jesus, God, is telling you today, do not be afraid. Trust and have faith. And then God tells Paul, do not be silent. You know, at one point when Jesus is coming in Jerusalem, uh, his uh, followers are yelling hosannas, right? And someone comes up to Jesus and tells them, tell your people to be quiet. You know, because this is, this is going to get Jesus killed. Tell them to be quiet. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus responds, it's remarkable, he says, even if they were quiet, even the rocks would cry out. Even the rocks would cry out. The message of God is going to get out there. The question is whether or not God is going to use you and God is going to use me. Paul felt compelled. Paul felt compelled to speak. Paul felt like he had to. In his innermost being, he knew that he was created for that purpose, to speak the truth about who God is. When I hear this, don't, do not be silent, it's not necessarily saying all of us need to leave the church this afternoon and go find a non-believer and start preaching to them. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, St. Francis of Assisi says, preach the good news always, use words when necessary. It's not always about speaking, but sometimes we're not, we're, we're, we say things with our feet, and we say things with our hands, and we say things by showing up. I don't know what exactly God is calling you to, what you're being resistant to, why you're stuck in the mud, but God is saying, do not be silent. I want you to feel that, compel- that compulsion from God deep in your innermost being. God has created you uniquely for a purpose. Look around the room. Look at the people. I know it's really uncomfortable. Nobody wants to look at their neighbor, right? But look around the room. Look at how unique the body of Christ is. We all have different hair color, different eye color, different mannerisms, different ways of doing things, different ways of thinking about things. And that's just here. You know, the church is everywhere. The church is in China. The church is in Europe. The church is in the Middle East. The church is everywhere. All of these people uniquely created, uniquely designed. We're told in Psalm 118 that when we were in the womb, that God knitted us together. That's the care and the detail that God went to to create you, each of you. God went to that care. It also says that he knows the number of hair on our head, which for some of you is a lot more than it is for me. It's not very hard for God to count the number of hairs on my head. But he knows the number of hairs on all of our head. God went to that detail to create you, to fashion you, to make you into the person that 
that you are. This is exactly what Josh was talking about. The problem isn't that we need to believe in Jesus. We need to accept the fact that Jesus believes in us and believes that we were uniquely created for a purpose. You have a purpose. Do not be silent. And then he says, I am with you. I am with you. This is another thing that God says repeatedly is this comfort God is always saying, I am with you. What's interesting in this situation, a lot of times with God, we're like, okay, God, we will, we will step out in faith, but I need to see a sign from you first, right? I need you to, to show me some way that you are active in my life, and then I will step out in faith. It's like an if-then statement. If you do this, God, I will do this. This flips it on its head. He says, do not be afraid. Trust and have faith. Do not be silent. Act in the way that I'm telling you to, and then you will realize that I am with you. You know, God does not promise that we're always going to be safe. God does not promise that there will be no pain and suffering. God does not promise that we're going to have riches upon riches. God promises, I am with you. I am with you. And sometimes there gets to be a certain point in our life where we have to start responding to God Or the distance starts to get away between us and God. So he's saying, do not be afraid. Do not be silent, for I am with you. If you feel like there's a separation between you and God, maybe it's because you're not doing what God is asking you to do. Because when we don't follow the leanings of the Holy Spirit, we talked about this in my Bible study, we can quench that Holy Spirit. And then we stop hearing those leanings and those nudges. So maybe to feel God more deeply in your life, you need to accept what God has put on your life and on your heart and on your mission. Do not be afraid. Do not be silent. I am with you. You are uniquely created. Moana was uniquely chosen by the ocean for a particular mission. And she had to get over her fear. She had to get over the hump to go and do that mission. Paul was uniquely created to spread the good news of Jesus Christ, to start new churches, and in this case, stay for 18 months. You are uniquely created. You have a purpose. You have a gift. It's time for us to get out there and start living it. Now, people always talk to me when I talk about this, do not be afraid, Do not be silent. They're like, okay, David, but I don't know what my purpose is. If that's you, I I, I understand that. I have empathy with you. I know it can be very difficult sometimes. Or sometimes people will tell me, I've never heard God speak. I'm going to share a little bit about how we know what purpose we were created for. And the first thing to do is listen. If you're there saying, I've never heard God speak to me in my life, it's probably not going to be, you know, God's not going to give you a telephone call. You know, God actually doesn't have a Facebook page or an Instagram or a Twitter account. But God's going to speak to you, and you're just going to know that it's God in your head. Right? But here's my question. If you're having a hard time hearing God, are you listening? Are you setting aside time in your life just to sit and listen and be with God? How often are we in a conversation with someone And we never get a chance to speak because they never listen. 
How often is our conversation with God like that? Oh, we'll talk and talk and talk. We'll ask and ask and ask. Do you ever stop and listen for the answer? You want to hear God speak in your life? Be quiet for a while and listen. Listen for God's voice. Here's some other ways that you can tell 